This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan, and together we're taking you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie, we've got a really fun episode planned, I think. We're going to offer some travel recommendations uh, for some places I know you absolutely love. That's right. I know a lot of folks are excited about getting outside right now especially since summer is now officially in full swing. And because lots of people have probably canceled their big summer vacations, um, some of those big events, those festivals, you have to imagine that a lot of people are staying closer to home and taking day trips to some of these outdoor destinations instead. Yeah, and for folks who are getting out and about, that's what state officials want, at least for now. They're asking people, not to recreate with those outside their own household, and to stay relatively close to home. So I guess you could equate that to a day trip, at least for lots of us. Also, general recommendations is to come extra prepared, wear your mask, or at least have one with you, so on and so forth. But we've kind of trod over that ground in previous episodes. But today we're going to run through some day trip recommendations for three signature Oregon spots. So we've got Columbia River Gorge, Mount Hood, and of course, your favorite, I think, Jamie, the oh, coast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotta love the coast. My God. So is that your favorite, though? Yeah. I, I, we're oh, going to take definitely. a diversion. Is that the favorite spot? 100%. The coast is like my happy place. You know, I all I need to do is just see the ocean. I don't even have to be like on the sand. I can be like on a cliff overlooking the ocean, and I just feel like a sense of calm and happiness wash over me. I like it. I cut you off. So you were saying. <laughs> well, we on all of these places, we know about the most popular hiking spots, most popular destinations. So what we wanted to do today was something a little bit different because we all know that you all know these places. We don't need to reiterate them. So we wanted to offer you some of the lesser known trails, some of the lesser known destinations within these really popular outdoor recreation areas. Yeah. And I think the fun thing actually here, Jamie, is I don't know what's on your list and <laughs> you don't know what's on mine. So there's a good chance you told me beforehand that you've got some extras just in case. I only have one extra for Mount Hood, which is the area I probably know best of these three regions that we're going to talk about here. But 
What do you say we uh, hop to it here? All right. Where are we starting? The, uh, the gorge? What? Let's say the gorge. Why not? Columbia River Gorge. So I suppose I'll go first. Jamie, I'm pretty sure you've been here, and I'm I'm going first, hopefully, so I can steal this one from you if it's on your list, but Coyote Wall. Ah, you know, I have not been to Coyote Wall. It's one of the few places in the gorge I have not been to yet. Really? All right. Well, uh, score one for me here, something unique that you haven't done. I've been up there a couple of times for a couple of different reasons, and I'll kind of walk through some of that here. But Coyote Wall is a spot. You basically cross the, the Columbia at Hood River, hang a right, and just go several miles down the road. That is, of course, if you're coming from the Oregon side of the gorge and crossing the Hood River Bridge, I guess, whatever the proper noun name is of the bridge. Anyway, this place is popular among hikers, mountain bikers. There's even a a little bit of rock climbing there, uh, which is one of the reasons I've been uh, to the Coyote Wall area. But it's this really gorgeous perch up above the Columbia River. You've got some wildflowers up there. You've got some hiking trails, some mountain biking on a lot of those same trails. This rock climbing area called Wanker's Columns uh, that I've been to a number of times. And it's just really kind of a pretty perch and a different view, at least for me, than than maybe what you think of when you think hiking the Columbia River Gorge on the Oregon side up in the woods kind of deal. So I give a hearty recommendation of Coyote Wall. It's such a great place. I, I like that about the Washington side of the gorge because, it, like you said, it's not the same kind of forested cliffs that you see. On the mm-hmm. Oregon side, you kind of have more of those sloping hills and you can really get a, a really expansive view of the gorge from up there. Yeah, and, and you can kind of wind your way around whether you're hiking, uh, if you are up to the challenge and are an experienced mountain biker. I, I say experienced kind of with an asterisk. Someone who's better at mountain biking than me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you can kind of just wind your way around up there and... A little bit of a pick-your-own-adventure type deal. You know, I I say with some trepidation because, of course, folks should have a general uh, idea of where they're going and where they're coming back to. But there are hiking trails that kind of just wind your way around, and you can bike on a lot of them, too. But my my only experience biking there, mountain bikers call it Syncline. Uh, The reason for the two different names, I'm not sure. But I think a lot of people do it as a shuttle where they drive their car to the top and ride their bikes down. I tried to bike up and down and had a, let's just say a difficult time going <laughs> up. Uh, it's, it's difficult terrain to navigate in either direction. Uh, lots of it is, or at least parts of it that I rode. And uh, yeah, let's just say I had a difficult time going up. So the advice I've heard secondhand or, or the kind of note that I've heard secondhand is a lot of people, they find a way to shuttle this. That sounds smart. Words the wise, I suppose. Well, Jim, I'm going to stay on the Washington side of the gorge. And I'm going to actually just go just down the road from Coyote Wall, um, just a little bit farther east down Washington State Route 14 to the Lyle Cherry Orchard Trail. Okay. I have not even heard of the Lyle Cherry Orchard Trail. So enlighten me, my friend. This is a cool spot. It's one of, I, I feel like it's one of the lesser known hiking areas in the gorge in part because it is fairly far out there 
Um, it's one of these unsigned trailheads off the side of the freeway, but it's a beautiful area. It's, it was, it's a former cherry orchard at the top of the hills there. Kind of like we were talking about some of these sloping hills in the gorge and that, that side of it. And it's about a five mile hike or so going out and back. And it just gives you these great views looking either way down the gorge. And it's kind of at that one area where the, the sort of the western side of the gorge turns into the eastern side of the gorge. You know what I mean? When it kind of goes from that lush green area to more of the desert. Mm-hmm. So you can really get a view looking at that transition. And I think it's a really cool spot to to go hiking. Sweet. I mean, every time, maybe not every time, but darn close, it seems like when you're driving through the gorge, someone in the car makes the comment, and it's probably usually me, oh my gosh, wow, the gorge is such an interesting place because you just keep driving and you can see it change in front of your eyes. You know, that like very standard trope. But it sounds like you can get all of that in one hike. Yeah, you know, it's a fun little hike. I will say that anyone who goes out to the Cherry Orchard Trail should watch out for uh, rattlesnakes Mm. as well as uh, it's sort of apparently it's sort of this poison oak, poison ivy hybrid that grows at that particular point in the gorge. Um, But it's everywhere. I mean, you've got like the shrubs of poison oak. So it's it's definitely a good long pants kind of trail. Yeah. And watch your step. I have seen a rattlesnake out there once. Really? Okay. I do think the poison oak is prevalent at Coyote Wall as well, at least in the area of Wankers Columns, the, the rock climbing area. There is some poison oak. So I hear. So anyway. Good word to the wise. Uh, so, Jamie, moving on to place number two. Do you want to take it? We can do... What's what's the way to refer to sure. I do one, you do two, I do one? I don't know what you call I, that. I don't know. I don't but know I'll, what you I'll call do that. one. I'll do the next right. one. What do you got, man? Um, I'm also... I'm staying right in the same area here. Just uh, a little bit farther to the west on the Washington side of the gorge over near White Salmon. Um, and this is the Weldon Wagon Trail. It is a really cool hike that's not in sort of that main stretch of the gorge. So you're not hiking above the Columbia River, but it's in the hills just beyond that. And it's a really cool little hike. It's about four and a half miles out and back. It's pretty moderate. There's a great view of Mount Hood as you're hiking. And it's just this really cool kind of trail that goes through these folded hills through a little valley. There's wildflowers that bloom there in the spring. And it's a gorgeous kind of quiet little hike tucked away in the hills back behind White Salmon. Sounds lovely. And White Salmon, just a cool little berg, you know, as it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good spot to be. How'd you find the place, Jamie? Uh, You know, I don't even I don't even remember. People ask me this all the time. Oh, how'd you find Uh, this trail? And all I can say is uh, the Internet to some degree. I don't (laughs) (laughs) whether it was, you know, Google Maps or it was Oregon Hikers uh, Field Guide or I saw it somewhere. I'm not really sure, to be honest. But it's it's one of these places I wrote about a number of years ago, and people were really concerned. Um, some some readers were concerned that all of a sudden Weldon Wagon Trail was going to blow up and be popular. And I have not seen that to be true. I went back last year, and it was still perfectly peaceful and empty. Love it. So my second recommendation maybe doesn't string together the idea of lesser known, but maybe a different way than a lot of people uh, experience this terrain. So biking from Hood River to Rowena Crest. So Rowena being one of the most kind of famous gorge viewpoints, I think that's a a safe thing to say. 
kind of this beautiful perch over a windy road that, you know, you can see a lot of people taking kind of the photo there, so to speak. I have done this ride, if I can remember correctly, I've done this ride once, and it's about 14 miles one way from kind of downtown Hood River over to Rowena Crest. And to do that, you kind of ride along the road from Hood River a little bit, pick up the historic Columbia River Highway State Trail, uh, you pass through Mosier, and pedal on up finally to Rowena Crest uh, for its famous views. And if you let's say, have a family member who's willing to kind of just do the driving, they could pick you up up there. Or, of course, you could return the way you came for a round trip of roughly 28 miles. I don't know how much, Jamie, you like to ride your bike for long distances, but I feel like 14 miles, if you had an agreeable family member, you know, that's not so bad, right? I don't think so. I mean, is it uphill? I think so. I should have done a little bit more research. I don't recall it being like absurd, but uh, watch me eat my words. I'm not going to go and and try to figure that out right now on the fly. But I remember that I did it and I don't remember, you know how you, you, you maybe have a rosy tint on your memory a little bit, but I don't remember being completely worked by That's getting good. up there. And I, and I know that I was there on a bike. So the only way that I can reasonably think that I would have done this is having started in Hood River. So I can say with some level of confidence that I've done this, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not 100% sure, I suppose. But it's gorgeous country. If you at all are a, a recreational bike rider, uh, I would highly recommend this section of road and trail up to Rowena from Hood River. Summer is a perfectly good time up at Rowena, but if you do have the chance to go up there when the wildflowers are blooming in April or May, that's a gorgeous time to go up there and get some wildflower views on top of your Columbia River Gorge views. Yeah, so I hear. Great place to be pretty much any time of the year with probably the exception of like an ice storm in the winter or something like that. <laughs> Seems yeah, don't, like a, don't go a, there a, a poor place to be. Anyhow, Jamie, so... Let's move on to Mount Hood. Uh, and, and in keeping with kind of our style here, uh, I'll offer the first suggestion. So, again, maybe not the least popular trail on Mount Hood. Maybe even what some would consider a popular trail on Mount Hood, but definitely not the most popular, which is the Salmon River Trail. Kind of a great entry-level backpacking trail with campsites relatively close to the parking lot river views, and if you want a chance to go much farther. Uh, I saw a trail listing as 14 miles one way. I've done this as a day hike, uh, going on a hike that's about eight-ish miles round trip to an overlook perched above kind of a sea of trees, a really gorgeous view. But it's kind of a little bit of a pick-your-own-adventure deal in terms of you can go backpacking, could do a big backpacking trip, a short backpacking trip, or just day hike it. So, yeah, suggestion number one from me. And Jim, is that one of these kind of old growth forests or just kind of these dense forest trails that you're, you're used to in some of these um, foothills of Mount Hood? Super dense, really pretty, big trees, you know, mossy right alongside the river for parts of it. It's kind of a place, honestly, that you could equate with a little bit of like Olympic views or Olympic vibes uh, up in Washington on the Olympic Peninsula. 
I've been, as of this recording, once. I have plans, hopefully, to go a second time here soon. But really enjoyable spot. It's one of those spots that I, I've been aware of and I've always kind of meant to go to. But for some reason, it just never really quite works out. But I've heard so many good things about it. I think it has to be somewhat of a popular spot, but it doesn't offer kind of the rich Mount Hood mountain views. So it has a little bit of a different vibe than, you know, say a hike that you're going to start up near Timberline Lodge or in government camp or at one of the lakes that are really popular around the mountain. I can't speak to how many cars there are, you know, on a Saturday morning at the trailhead. I've only been there on a weekday, but 10 out of 10 enjoyable, honestly, and a a great hike if you're looking for something that's slightly less driving than going all the way up to the mountain. I I think when you talk about cars at trailheads, one of the things that Mountain Hood National Forest seems to do really well, at least just from some of my experiences, is only allowing a number of cars to park there as the trail can handle, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of people. So if you've got a, a smaller trail, then maybe you've got a smaller trailhead parking lot um, or trails that maybe split off to a bunch of different destinations. You've got a big parking lot. So some of these hikes that we might mention might have really small parking lots. Um, and again, I think this serves as a reminder to tell people that if you get there and there's no room for you to park, turn around and head back to your plan B, mm-hmm. head back to another spot to go hiking. So with that in mind, Jim, I'm going to offer a plan B to this Salmon River Trail. All right, what you got? I'm going to pop right across the freeway and go over to Zigzag Mountain. All right. This is, um, it's a tough hike. It's not a super, super long hike. Um, well, I guess it depends on your, you know, what, what is long for you. It's about nine, nine and a half miles round trip. That's out and back. And where it, it leads to, I mean, it goes farther, but where it can lead to and you can stop is at a really beautiful viewpoint of Mount Hood from up on the ridge atop Zigzag Mountain. It's mm-hmm. a, a great spot. If you want to go backpacking, you can go backpacking in there. Um, you can find some little um, camp spots around the, the trail. But it's a great day hike to do. And it, it strikes me as one of these lesser known places to go hiking because people think about going on Mount Hood to go see Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, Zigzag Mountain's kind of in the foothills there. So people don't necessarily think about, you know, stopping off at Rhododendron before they get to government camp and doing a hike in there. But it gives you one of these just iconic views of the mountain. One of my favorite spots to look at the mountain. Yeah, and I I know the feeling, I think, Jamie, that this place captures. And I, I don't think I've done this hike specifically, but kind of you know, you're winding your way through the forest It's this kind of nice, dense trail and you get up, you know, you're working your way up for hour, however long toward tree line and you emerge and it's like, boom, the mountain feels like it hits you in the face. It feels like you're sitting perched right next to it. And I always find that to be one of the coolest feelings is like, oh man, this is why the trail goes up here. Am I right on this one? Does Zigzag give you oh, a yeah. feeling? It's so exciting. It's and there's a you know a little bit of a of a cliff on this particular trail that gives you a, another view, not of the mountain, but kind of looking out to the mm-hmm. west. And you're like, oh wow, that's a nice view. That's a really great view. And then you hike a little bit farther, and just like you said, you come out of the woods and bam, right there 
you get a face full of Mount Hood. And it's just a spectacular feeling. Um, just to sort of step into that feeling of awe all of a sudden is really wonderful. And a bonus gem on this hike, if you go at the right time of year, the trail is lined with huckleberries. Ooh. Um, so when I went hiking here, I guess it was August a couple years ago, I just was able to get handfuls and handfuls of huckleberries out there. Handfuls and handfuls of huckleberries. If you say that 10 times fast, <laughs> we don't we, we don't need to do it right now. But no, that sounds awesome. And I love the just the visual of that. It's such an amazing feeling to just be able to picture winding my way through this, you know, all these huckleberries on this gorgeous trail and then boom, Mount Hood slaps you in the face. So uh, you're going to have to work hard to one up that, Jamie. What's your next one? <laughs> okay. My next one is uh, kind of in line with what you were talking about, the Salmon River. Um, so this is another one that's not on Mount Hood directly, but is in the Mount Hood National Forest, kind of over there outside of uh, Mount Hood Village, uh, rhododendron in that area. And this is the Eagle Creek Trail. And Jim, this mm -hmm. is not the Eagle Creek Trail of the Gorge. Yes. Um, the famous and still closed Eagle Creek Trail. This is a different, the other Eagle Creek Trail. And it's just a charming little pocket of wilderness. And this is part of the Salmon Huckleberry Wilderness, which we've mentioned here before. It's a, a really lovely, dense forest. So it's got that kind of that damp, uh, lush feeling that you get from some of these mountain forests. And it's just a cute little hike. It doesn't have some of those big spectacular views and it doesn't have, you know, like the waterfall, um, or that, that big, awesome feature that you're looking to hike to. It's mm -hmm. more quiet. So if you're looking for a place of maybe some quiet contemplation or you want to have a backpacking destination that's close to home, somewhere you can just sort of sit by a creek and take it easy. This is a great spot to do it. Did you not reference Eagle Creek on this Eagle Creek on a previous episode talking about some of your favorite undiscovered places, so to speak? I may have. You know, I like to to promote this little place. I really do enjoy it. It's one of these spots when I wrote about it, I, I got some um, pushback from some folks who were very concerned about, you know, a trail like this becoming popular as soon as we mention it or write about it. And people all of a sudden maybe trashing it and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't like to assume that just because a trail becomes a little bit better known, that it's all of a sudden in danger of that. And I also, I got to say, Jim, I, I don't believe in secret spots. You know, this is a place that maybe some people have been holding in their back pocket, not telling anyone mm -hmm. about. But we're at a point now when we really need to spread crowds out. And I'm sorry, but I'm here to blow up all of these secret spots because we, <laughs> we need to spread folks around to some of these smaller trails that we're talking about. Hot take for the day, I suppose. <laughs> I think, I mean, I said, quote unquote, undiscovered, but that's clearly not true. Folks built a trail there and other folks, it's their favorite spot to go hiking, presumably, or, or whatever. So, you know, it's your job as being an outdoors and travel reporter to, as I understand it, help folks spend their free time as best they possibly can. And this sounds like a pretty good option for that. Yeah. Well, Jim, I'm curious to know what your second Mount Hood recommendation is as someone who is such a big fan of Mount Hood. 
Yeah. So keep in mind, this is what I would call it's a straight up popular hike, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I like it so much. I'm going to toss an asterisk on it and I'm going to, to use a Jamie Hale tip from a previous episode of the Peak Northwest podcast. I'm going to say go during the evening. This is a shorter hike and it's perfect for a hot day. It's on the east side of Mount Hood. Jamie, do you have any ideas of what I'm going for here? I feel like there's a lot of hikes over there on the east side of Mount Hood. Let's see. It's one that you went to just yesterday <laughs> because I saw you post a picture of it on your Twitter account. This has got to be the Tamanawas Falls Trail, right? It, it is. Absolutely. So, so I went on this hike with my parents when they came to visit in 2019 and we had a blast. It's, I mean, Jamie, you can probably describe this even better than I because you were just out there. But you start just off the side of Oregon 35, kind of the highway you would take on the Hood River side of the mountain. And you duck back into a forest, you run along a creek for a little bit, and you emerge at this beautiful pool of water and towering waterfall that's just putting off really a heavy mist. Perfect place to kind of chill out, cool down on a hot day, maybe catch it late in the day. I don't know. I could go for that. Like, Jamie, we could split as soon as we're done with this podcast. It's a, uh, it's a, it's Friday at 1220 PM. I would be pretty stoked to just get the heck out of here and, uh, go up and check this waterfall. It's a great spot. It's, I mean, there's not a lot of waterfalls on Mount Hood that are readily accessible by hiking trail. I'd say there's only pretty much only three of them. And of those, I think Tamanawas Falls is easily, hands down, the most spectacular waterfall on the mountain. But it's a really unusual looking waterfall too. It, it's really a beautiful, beautiful spot. And it's a pretty easy hike. It's only about two miles to get in there. It's pretty much flat the whole time. So it's family friendly. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's perfect for experienced or inexperienced hikers. It's really an amazing spot. And Jim, I, I think you're right. Going there in the evening is a great bet. I know I showed up there yesterday at about nine in the morning. And um, when I got there, there was only two other cars in the parking lot. Oh. By the time I left, the parking lot was almost entirely full. So it's one of these things that fills up pretty quickly once you get into the, the mid-morning and the afternoon. But I imagine it's probably going to empty out once you start getting into the later afternoon and the evening hours. Yeah, basically trying to time it when other folks aren't there. Because I, I do know, I mean, this hike is bound to be popular and for great reason. I mean, you spelled it out perfectly. It's it's a very, very pretty place. But trying to time your visit so you can get outside of those peak hours and get to a place that uh, is very worth the modest effort that it takes to get in there. Well, Jim, I, now that we've talked about your favorite place in Mount Hood, it is time to talk about my favorite place at the coast. But first, we're going to take a quick break. All right, folks, we are back talking about some lesser known trails and recreation areas at some of our favorite destinations in Oregon. So, Jim, we've already covered the Columbia River Gorge. We've already covered Mount Hood. Now it's time to head west out to the coast. 
So I know that this is something that I, you know, love very much, the the Oregon coast. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to you to give us the first recommendation. Yeah. So Jamie, if I'm just being honest, I, I love it, but I don't share the passion for the coast like you do. So I had to work a little bit harder to think of a unique area or a unique activity to do that isn't one of the hot spots. I've picked something that I've never done, actually, Jamie, at least that I can remember. And I, I don't know that you've ever told me about it either, but how about renting a fat bike and biking down the Oregon coast a little bit? That's a great idea. I've not done that. Um, I've seen people do it, but it's a great way to be able to access some of these long stretches of sand that you have mm -hmm. on some parts of the coast. Yeah, and cover a little bit more ground than you might want to uh, cover simply on foot. So I just did a little bit of Googling. You know, if you type in something along the lines of fat bike rental Oregon coast or fat bike rental wherever you are, presumably you're going to come up with a good number of results. I know I did a basic search and found multiple places that were offering fat bike rentals. And the joy of a fat bike in this scenario is that you can ride your bike right on the beach. And you could probably take your normal bike down to the beach and get along just fine. But there's a level of novelty and utility in a fat bike. You're going to have what I would have to imagine would be an easier time uh, on the sand. Why not rent a fat bike? You don't need to strap it to your car and bring it to the water, so on and so forth. I just think it'd be really fun, a different way to see terrain that a lot of us know pretty well or at least are familiar with. I would not hesitate to give that a try if I had a down weekend at the coast or something like that. Yeah, Jim, I think that's a really great way to see some of these places like Nahalem Bay or even Fort Stevens, where you have these really long stretches of sand. And look, I love walking along the beach as much as anyone, but I mean, you can only go so far on foot mm -hmm. uh, before you either run out of steam or run out of daylight or whatever the case may be. On a fat bike, you can really make up a lot of ground moving over. So I think that's a great, a great recommendation for folks. Yeah. Might be a good story sometime. I don't know. We could go out and uh, get some fat bikes right along the coast. That would be a lot of fun, but probably not what our bosses are going to want to pay me to go do. So, Jamie, that <laughs> one's all yours. I don't know. That might make a really good Peak Northwest, uh, the video series video. Oh, there's an idea. Some epic uh -huh. amount of coastline, <laughs> 50 miles on a fat bike yeah. or something. Oh, man, that's a great idea. Um, we can make that happen. Maybe. Hmm. You got the gears churning, Jamie. Uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. While they churn, uh, what's next? Jim, there's not a ton of hikes in areas in the coast that are not crowded. Like, let's be real. Especially on the North Oregon coast, you're going to find crowds pretty much wherever you go. So I decided to go a little bit farther south. And the first area I have is just in Yahats on the central Oregon coast. Mm. And it's this little trail called the Amanda Trail, also known as Amanda's Trail. And it is um, a beautiful hike um, that is also dedicated to a really tragic story. Um, so the hike itself leaves uh, the beach in Yahats and kind of follows along the side of 101 through some forest. And eventually it leads uphill to Cape Perpetua, that stone shelter on the cliff overlooking the ocean. It's a beautiful spot. 
And in all, it's just about, I want to say it's about seven miles up and back. And one of the things I love about this trail is that it pays memory to some of the Native Americans who lived on the coast who were forcibly removed and in some cases killed in order for white settlers to come in and take over that land. It's not a chapter of Oregon's history that we talk a lot about, I think because for generations, um, a lot of Oregonians have been uncomfortable talking about it. But it's a really cool educational experience for people to get that history. Um, one of the women who was forcibly marched in out of the area was Amanda DeCuse, for whom the trail is named. So there is at one point on the trail a statue that is dedicated to Amanda where people leave offerings of flowers and jewelry, messages, prayers, that kind of thing. So it's not just a beautiful hike through the forest with some ocean views. Those things are all great. But I love that there's also this element of depth to it where you can learn maybe about some uncomfortable history that was swept under the rug and you can pay your respects to some of the people that were on this land first um, who were forcibly removed from it. Yeah, I mean, in in a phrase, it sounds just simply important. It sounds like something that folks should go experience for themselves and learn, you know, as firsthand as we can at this point about this slice of history that maybe folks aren't as familiar with. Yeah, you know, you don't see trails like this in Oregon very often, um, and especially on the Oregon coast. Um, like you said before, a lot of the a lot of what we're used to is just going to some of these really popular, really busy hikes. Um, and this is one that's a little bit less popular and that I think maybe should be a little bit more popular. And just moving on to my next recommendation um, is a spot that is definitely, I can say, Jim, with, I think, a lot of confidence is a place that people probably have not heard of and you're probably not going to find crowds if you go. And Jamie, what's that? And I sure hope it's not the one that I have next on my list. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way because this okay. is a place that I have recommended to people and they've gone, like people who know the coast who have said, I never knew this was there. So this is Otter Point. Whew. <laughs> Sigh of relief from Jim. Sigh of relief. Otter Point, which is on the southern Oregon coast, and it is right off the side of Highway 101, but it's on a side road that runs parallel, and there's no signs on 101 that point you to it. So you really have to find it on Google Maps and navigate yourself to it, but it's a really cool little area. It's kind of one of these eroding cliff sides, so it's something to I think to be aware of if you're hiking through the area. It's not like necessarily like here's a hiking trail that goes through it, but you can kind of meander through the trails that go off towards these viewpoints overlooking the ocean. Um, there's some sandstone bluffs. There's sort of that kind of that darker, almost black sand that you're used to in that part mm. of the coast, and just some of that that classic vegetation and eroded rock that you're used to on a lot of these rockier parts of the coastline. It's Sound, sounds lovely. It's great. It's quiet. It's, you know, visually interesting and striking. And it's just, it's different, you know, it's different than what you're used to getting when you go out to the Oregon coast. Well, it sounds like a really worthwhile stop or destination in its own right, honestly. Yeah. I'm really curious, Jim, since you, you were, <laughs> you've got a place, it sounds like. <laughs> 
an unknown place. And I'm, I'm super curious about what you have pulled up for your final selection. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say unknown because as a matter of fact, Jamie, I, I was mostly nervous about this because I stole it from you, uh, <laughs> is the thing. So I'm like, Oh, if he, if he says this, I'm going to be out of luck and I'm going to have to scramble because I didn't give myself a coastal backup here. Drift Creek Falls, Jamie. Ah. A place you fairly recently went to. I think it was earlier this year and described it as such. And I, I cribbed from your written story on this because I thought it was quite nice. But you described it as a spectacular waterfall hike near Lincoln City that is like no other in the state. I do my dramatic reading here. <laughs> but basically, you're hiking through this quiet forest You've got views of a really quite a dramatic waterfall, all from a 240-foot suspension bridge that hangs 100 feet above the canyon floor. So, well, I haven't been there. I'm stealing this from you. It sounds like a 10 out of 10 different kind of way to see an Oregon waterfall than maybe a lot of folks are used to. Yeah, it's so it's so different than any other kind of waterfall experience because of that suspension bridge, I think. Yeah. I don't know any other waterfall that you get a view of from a suspension bridge hanging over a canyon. It's one of these spots that can get a little bit crowded, but I have managed to avoid crowds by going there um, in the winter and spring when the waterfall, honestly, that's kind of the time you want to go to. It's good all year round and it'll be great this summer. Um, if you go in the spring when you've got those nice spring rains, then it is really going strong and you will probably see fewer people out there. Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine with a lot of these places, if you go in a time that is not July, not August, uh, you're going to have a little bit better uh, of luck with crowds. But I had remembered your and we did a podcast episode on this, actually, kind of the waterfalls of the coast range. I think it was, we did a podcast on that, didn't we, yeah, Jamie? Yeah, I think so. I think it was right before the the pandemic, which feels like an entire lifetime entirely. My goodness. Uh, one of our <laughs> colleagues, Andrew Thien, who hosts the Beat Check podcast, he shared a story um, on Twitter today that he wrote. And when I saw it pop up on my Twitter timeline, I was like, oh, wow, I wonder if it's already the year anniversary of that story. And of course, I clicked on it and it was, oh, nope. Just a few months ago in February. <laughs> Man, a lifetime ago, it does seem. Anyway, I was inspired. If I'm looking for a, a hike near Lincoln City, this is going to be pretty high on my list. Yeah, you know, the coast is one of those places where you, you really take your chances when you're going to some of these hikes because you don't know if they're going to be packed or if they're going to be empty. It really depends on who's out there, what the weather's like, you know, what time of year it is. There's some ways, like you said, Jim, to, to get around that. But going in the evenings is a great recommendation for any of these. There is one, Jim, I, if, I, if you'll indulge me in one more for the coast. I will um, absolutely indulge you in one more for the coast. I did Go have, for it. I actually had three backups for the coast. Oh, my <laughs> just gosh. In case. But this is um, not necessarily an, uh, uh, a not crowded area, but a, a non, an uncrowded part of what is normally a crowded area. And this is up in Oswald West State Park, which, Jim, I know you know, mm -hmm. for Short Sand Beach. So Oswald West is a sprawling state park. Nia Connie in the south, you have Short Sand Beach, which is popular for surfers, and then you have Cape Falcon on the north. Those are all three really popular day hiking destinations. But right in between 
Niakani Mountain and Short Sand Beach is a trail called the Elk Flats Trail. And it is a, a really beautiful little hiking trail. It runs along the cliffs, looking over the ocean and then down through the forest. Um, only a few miles or so, but it, it connects those areas of the park to each other. And I don't know, I've seen a ton of people out surfing. I've seen a ton of people on the mountain and at the Cape, but I rarely see people out there on Elk Flats Trail itself. And it's finding those little areas, I think, that can help you get away from people a little bit easier. Finding those huh. spots that are a little less trafficked. Sounds like a good go-to uh, if you're in the area. And I, I'm sure, Jamie, you could rattle off for another 20 minutes about all the other coastal <laughs> options we have. Um, but I think it's probably time to wrap this one up. What do you say? I think we should do it, Jim. So we want to continue to be helpful uh, to you folks as we kind of all navigate the outdoors during the coronavirus pandemic. And if you folks have questions about uh, where to go, what to do, places to see, we want to help you safely get back out there. And we'd be stoked to address any questions you have. So you can do so by shooting us a message on Instagram at Peak Northwest. You can leave a message on our podcast hotline, which is 503-221-4345. Or you can send us a voice memo to podcasts with an S at Oregonian.com. Also, feel free to reach out to us on social media at Peak Northwest on Instagram or to Jim or I individually on Twitter. We always welcome any of your recommendations, any of your ideas, any of your questions, any of your stories, if you have them and you want to share those as well. We're open. We want to make this podcast, you know, as helpful um, as possible. So feel free to stay in touch. Yeah. And I, I know, Jamie, I got a good question via Instagram maybe a week ago, something like that. I can't remember exactly when I got it, but we're going to address it on a future episode that we have planned here. So folks, until next time around, you can subscribe to Peak Northwest wherever you get your podcasts, watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel, and of course, follow us on Instagram, as we said, at Peak Northwest. This episode of the podcast was produced by me, Jim Bryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Ryan Wynn. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.